That's Juno-nominated Métis singer-songwriter Amanda Rayum with a powerful title track from her new album, The Skin I'm In, the follow-up to her very well-received 2016 album, Holding Patterns. The new album features nine new songs, all co-writes, on an album that is sure to attract new fans to the music of one of Canada's great live performers. And with that introduction, I'm very pleased to welcome Amanda Rayum back to Folk Roots Radio. How are you doing today, Amanda? Oh, hello. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Not too bad. You must be pretty excited. You've got this new album that is just about to drop. You know, it must be an exciting time for, you know, someone like yourself. I imagine that you spend so much time thinking about recording, then finding the funding for the recording and deciding (laughs) on the songs for the recording and then going in the studio. And then suddenly it's all done. And he's like, oh, my God, now I have an album to get out there and talk about. Yeah, you're not. You're totally right. And I mean, it's been over a year in the making, just starting with the writing. So it's uh, it's really exciting to be able to push it out into the world now. So what I'd like to do is to talk about that first song, which is the title track from the album. It has a fabulous video, and I've put a link up on our website to encourage our listeners to check it out because I sense this is a very important song for you, but also a song with a very important message. And I wanted to give you a chance to talk about it. 
Yeah, thank you. Um, I mean, definitely, if, if, you, if anyone hasn't seen the video, I encourage you. It's, I feel so special. Uh, or I feel so lucky to be able to put this video out with this song. So I encourage listeners to go and, and take a peek. But this song, um, The Skin I'm In, was one of the last songs written for this record. I thought I was done the record, and then, you know, my manager and I decided that I should go back to Nashville and see what would come out of this last writing trip. And The Skin I'm In, I actually co-wrote with Jason Blaine, who's living down there now from Canada. And uh, we had never met, and we had both come from writing sessions, and we were both a little burnt out. But I had this title and this idea for this song, The Skin I'm In. And, you know, we sat down, we got to talking, and I said, I really want to write this song that speaks about feeling the most comfortable and the most confident in the skin that I'm in now. And, you know, I, I don't think that I really realized that I'd been struggling on some level with loving myself or accepting the many facets of my identity. And I thought, oh, I'm good. You know, I, I, I came out in 2002 and I'm identifying as Métis. And, and this song is really probably the most personal song I've, I've ever written, for sure. And I think it's a song that, that speaks to more than sexuality, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, it does. It, so this song, to me, it, it, mm, I've spent a lot of time feeling in between norms or stereotypes, you know, and I think that being able to love yourself in whatever skin that you're in and, and however you a person identifies and, you know, really stepping confidently into identity can feel not easy sometimes, no matter how you identify, heterosexual, you know, um, or as a, you know, indigenous or as a woman even, as a man. You know, I, I think that, and I'm not sure that we think about this on such a deep level these days yet, identity politics are such a big topic, you know? Um, so this song to me is really just about loving who you are no matter what and not feeling the, the outside pressure of society and or people in your life or, you know, fill in the blank um, to be something, you know, to, to fit into some sort of, I don't know, box that uh, people think you should be living in. I think it's also a song that really gives you an opportunity to to open up and, and talk to a lot of different groups, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. Definitely. And I I think as humans, it doesn't really matter how you identify in a way. Like, we're all human beings, you know, and there's a, a spectrum of feelings that I think we all have felt or feel at times. And to me, the skin I'm in, I really would like to take down a, a lot of those barriers and, and help people to sort of unlearn, you know, whatever whatever they've learned to think about themselves or who, who they might have to be, you know, in, in society. So I think that uh, this is a song that, yeah, can speak to, to anybody, I hope. Now, the theme in this song, my sense is it actually encompasses the whole album, obviously not quite in such a powerful way as this song does. I mean, the song is fairly mm. direct. But would I be right in thinking that other aspects of the album, other songs on the album also speak to the importance of accepting who you are and, and being proud of who you are. Yeah, definitely. You're totally right. You know, the first song that was written for this album was Return to the Water, and that is a song that talks about kind of returning to your roots, and it's specifically about a trip that I took up to Lac Sul, um, where Trout Forest Music Festival happens, and 
I had met a man named Rob Eady up there, and I got to stay in his cabin when I played the festival, and then I returned the summer after I, I played the festival because it turned out that Rob knew my great-great-uncle Gerald Bannatyne, who lived up there and is the uh, represents the Anishinaabe Ojibwe side of my family. And so I got to spend all sorts of time up on the lake up there, and when I went up there and when... I spent time on the land and on the water, and I learned more about my family. I just felt like I was returning to that and returning to them and returning to where I I came from, you know, on some level. So I didn't know that this record was going to talk so much about identity and loving yourself and, and, you know, until it was done. But as I look back and I do look for the common thread amongst my albums in the the songs, you're totally right. A lot of the songs speak about standing true to yourself and and knowing who you are. I'd like to dip back into the album with a, another song. There's there's nine tracks on the album. We're going to talk about some of the people you work with, the songwriters, and also the production of the album in a few moments. But I want to get back to another track before that, and I thought we should play the first track on the album, Picture of You, because I think this is another track with an important story. Can you talk about this one? Yeah, so this is a song I wrote with Tim Bovacanti, and... Um, we, again, we'd never met, and I went over to his studio, and we just got to chatting. And, you know, this song took form because we were we were sort of talking about how, you know, sometimes the thing that you love the most <laughs> can be the hardest on you. You know, and Tim was actually specifically, before we started writing the song, was talking about his kids, you know, and he just, he would do anything for them. And they were, they were really young at the time, and, and how, you know, you can just love something so much, but it can... In, on some level kind of also be um, challenging you in certain ways, you know, whether it be not getting enough sleep or, you know, how different life paths can come with, you know, pros and cons and, and good things and bad things. And to me, the song started there and then it kind of took this form of always trying to attain this idea that we think, you know, fill in the blank, this job or this house or this partner, um, is what's going to make us happy, you know, and that a lot of times, and I've sung about this idea before loosely, but you know, that it's, we need to look at ourselves. We need to try and find that within, within ourselves, you know, and the idea of picture of you is that sometimes, you know, you get to where you think is going to make you happy and you think that, you know, this is going to be the be all and end all. And you realize you still kind of have those same feelings that you had trying to get there, you know, so um, that's what that song, the song means to me. I think that's a sentiment that a lot of us could identify with. Let's mm-hmm. play that song just now. This is Amanda Rayum with the song Picture of You from her great new album, The Skin I'm In. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio. And I'm Jan Hall. Get the lead out, I don't know why I do a 
That's Amanda Rayum with the song Picture of You from her great new album, The Skin I'm In. It's just about to be released. Amanda Rayum is our special guest on Folk Roots Radio today, getting ready for, I think, a very busy period of time. But I want to turn the <laughs> clock back before we talk about that. And let's talk about the making of this album, because on this album, there are nine tracks. Am I right in thinking there are eight or nine different other songwriters you worked with? Yeah, so so I love co-writing. I do write on my own, and um, you know there were some songs that were written on my own that I showed to Colin, who produced the record. Um, and these were the best nine. You know, we really thought they were the strongest and fit together in the best way. And it just so happened that there was co-writes on on all the songs. And so yeah, I I'm really lucky. I have really talented friends, <laughs> you know. And so going down to Nashville to write some songs and writing in Toronto and, and going to LA, um, you know, it was really fun. And I love co-writing. I just think it's, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I, I'm an artist that I struggle. I'm sure a lot of artists feel this way, but I struggle with self-doubt. You know, I'll start a song and I will leave it and I won't finish it because it's just never quite good enough, you know? And so co-writing and sitting in a room in real time and you only have a few hours to get this idea out, there's this sense of urgency and also there's this kind of immediate mirror, you know, that can say, yeah, yeah, that's amazing, instead of me sitting there, you know, for hours mulling over something and wondering if it sucks. And I just love the process of collaboration. Can can you talk about the the process of getting started? Because these are songs on your album. Uh, Mm -hmm. When you get together to co-write with people, do you go into those sessions thinking, well, I need songs, you know, I need nine songs or, you know, roughly nine, <laughs> ten songs for my album? Or do you go in there thinking, well, I'd like to write some songs. This person looks like it's some, you know, someone I know or someone I think that I can work with. But I, I just wonder what happens. I mean, do you say, oh, this is my song because I came with the original idea? Or, you know, do you say, well, I think this might be a song that might work better for you or for someone else? Well, yeah, good, great question. I mean, it's always different, and oftentimes, in my experience, you know, these sessions are set up with the intention that I'm an artist coming in, I'm writing for my record, you know, let's write a song, and if, if we like it at the end, and the, my management likes it, and, you know, then and the producer likes it, then it'll get cut. There has definitely been times where, you know, I've gone into sessions, and we're not really sure where it's going to end up, it's just about getting the best song. And I've also co-written songs that were for other people, you know, and, and without the intention of recording them myself. So it always, it always changes. And, and it's, yeah, you just never really know. And I think stepping into the process for me, when I'm writing for my record, I often will come with a bunch of ideas, you know, and maybe a song start or a lyric idea or a title or a guitar riff or a melody. And I'll talk to people that I'm sitting with and say, you know, is any of this resonating with you? And then we'll pick an idea and, and kind of work on that. Now, you worked with Colin Cripps on this album. He's Mm -hmm. a member of Blue Rodeo, also part of the Jim Cuddy Band. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the fifth album, the first time you've worked with him. When I listen to this album and I listen to the others, my sense is that this album is kind of moving in a a slightly different direction for you. I mean, I I was trying to decide when I was, you know, preparing for the interview, would I call this Americana pop or is this Americana Roots? Because to me, that there's real crossover potential on the songs of this album, and I wondered whether that was something you were uh, you were going for when you were putting it together. Um, you know, working with Colin 
he has just sen- such a great song sense. You know, he knows a good song when he hears it. He also, you know, we got together in advance of going into the studio and we talked about the songs and there was, you know, a ton that didn't make the cut. And, and these were the songs that he felt, <clears throat> you know, had great potential and just were really great songs. And I think Colin has a really great skill of, of finding hooks and writing guitar parts and writing, you know, writing in these things and creating these things in in the songs that are memorable, you know, and um, that's one of the reasons why I've loved working with him. And I, I do think that he has a pop sensibility or, or rather maybe a commercial sensibility, you know, and I mean, I'm not going to be a pop artist, but I think having elements of pop are great. Pop music is great. You know, I think pop got a bad name as it became more modern, but pop music is great. And I, I think, I like blending styles, but still, you know, I do think that this record has a very cohesive sound, and and um, and that's something that I was definitely working on and ho- hoping to achieve. Yeah, you know, it was interesting when you said that. You know, I said, well, you know, maybe it's it's more commercial than what you'd done before, but I, to me, it feels more accessible. But that's not a mm-hmm. negative thing about what you've done yeah. in the past. It's a, you know, we're living in a, in a in an age where you know streaming is changing everything and. You, you're suddenly in a situation where, you know, you've just released the first single, which is the title track, but I can, you know, when I listen to the album, I think, oh, my God, there's another four or five on there that could definitely be mm-hmm. put out with that single name on them, you know, to, to get a little yep. bit more promotion. Yeah, no, you're to- thanks for saying that. And I feel the same way, and, and that's exciting. And, you know, we weren't sure what to release first, and then and then with the skin in, and I just felt it was such a strong message that that's what, you know, we, we went with. But I'm certainly excited to put the rest of the music out, for sure. Can you talk about some of the other people that were in the studio with you? Were they musicians that you chose, or did, were they chosen by Colin, or did you decide together who would come in and work on the album with you? Yeah, it was a combination. So Colin and I decided together. Um, you know, he has his certain people that he loves working with, and I respect that. You know, you, you go into a studio and, well, at the bathhouse, which is where we recorded, you, you live there, you know, you stay for days and nights and, and make the music happen. So he has a, you know, a great understanding of what he can get out of certain players. And I think that's really important to trust and, you know, trust to trust a producer. And so I, I fully trust Colin. And yeah, so he had Derek Downham come in on drums and, uh, and who else? Uh, Devin Richardson on bass, and Johnny Spence on keys, and Mike Type on guitar. And it was a beautiful combination of musicians and artistry. And uh, and yeah, it just couldn't. I really believe it couldn't have gone better. So I'm I'm really happy with how their interactions and their parts all came together. I'd like to go back to the album and pick another track. Um, you know, we talked about the the songwriting and how much you love co-writing. Uh, yeah. You're also we're co-writing on this album with one of my favorite people who produced a great album last year. That was Melanie Brule, who I know mm-hmm. you know very well. She lives in Toronto, where you're based now. We're going to play the track Friendly Fire. And, you know, the only thing that was missing when I was listening to this album was I would have loved the lyric sheet when I was listening to it. And I certainly yeah. hope that I hope that a lyric sheet, uh, whether it's on your website at amandareom.com or not, comes available because I think it would be good for people to to be able to look at the the lyrics, particularly with the the subject matter, but tell us a little bit about Friendly Fire because I'm very intrigued by this song. <laughs> right. Well, this song, um, essentially, and I will put lyrics on the website. That is a fantastic idea. Um, 
I this song is is really about lateral racism, um, and it's about the idea of people that are already marginalized or sort of separate, um, kind of trying to drag down people on their own team and trying to drag people that are down people that are in their own community. And yeah, I, I see it all the time and I've experienced it myself. And I just, I mean, it's probably the most, uh, let's say angry song on, on the record, um, or, or sort of pointed song. Um, and yeah, it really just speaks to the idea of feeling like you're being targeted or, or, um, I don't know, just criticized or discriminated against from people that are supposed to be on your side. Well, it's certainly, a, you know, it's, a, it's another song on the album that I think really connects with the, the audience. Let's play that just now. This is Amanda Rayum with the song Friendly Fire from her great new album, The Skin I'm In. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio. And I'm Jan Hall. <laughs> Yeah. 
That's Amanda Rayum with Friendly Fire from her great new album, The Skin I'm In. Amanda Rayum's our special guest on Folk Roots Radio. We're chatting about the album. Now, the album is is finished. I think the official release date is February the 15th. Did I get that date right? It is, yeah. yeah. And then you've got some shows. Tell us a little bit about how you're releasing the album. Yeah, so I'm releasing it independently. Um, so it's going to be available on all of the you know, good digital streaming services on your internet and on your phone and on your computer. And I'm going to have CDs at all my shows. And, uh, yeah, I'm doing a couple of shows in Ontario. Um, and then in the middle of March, right after the Junos, I'm going to be heading to Europe for, I guess, almost six weeks to release the record there and, and work with my team there and uh, and do a bunch of shows. I mean, certainly, you know, one of the things I know you love to do is to, is to get out and perform. Um, mm-hmm. I think typically you tend to, you have some people you work with in Ontario that would be different from the people you work with when you're away. Is that right? Yeah, it's Well, it's not my preference, let me tell you. But, I, uh, you know, because I'm not playing every day, I can't employ a band uh, regularly necessarily, you know. So it just sometimes depends on availabilities and I love bringing the same people because you get rapport, you, you know, create rapport and you have this sort of connectedness and, and fluidity between players on stage when you've spent a lot of time with the material and, and actually just standing on stage. So yeah, I've definitely brought different people over to Europe. Um, and this year I, yeah, this year I'll be using a band in Toronto and Ottawa and, and then we'll be um, switching some guys out to do some of the other Ontario shows. And then we go to Europe together. So it's going to be great. And I think that t- that'll take you, it looks like when I was checking out the website, remember the website mm-hmm. is com. I think you have uh, dates in Europe that might take you uh, into the summer. And I didn't know if you were staying there or whether you'll be coming back at the end of the first lot of them. Yeah, no. So our last show in Europe is on April 30th, and then we fly back, I guess, May 2nd, and then I we will be going back in June. Uh, so we're, I'm going to come home and just sort of, well, I don't know what will happen in May. I, I have a birthday. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> but we're coming home in between for sure. Yeah. Um, tell us what people can expect when they come to the, the shows with this new album. Well, what can they expect? Hopefully it's a, a lot of fun. I mean, I, this, to me, this record, the music is really fun and upbeat. It's fun to play. It's fun to sing. I often will talk about the inspiration for the song um, in advance. And, uh, yeah, I just, I love playing because I love connecting with the audience. And I love the idea that, you know, coming to a concert and coming to a show and getting to learn maybe about the songs or connect in with the artist can be really healing and really, I don't know, just this release in a way. And I think that, uh, you know, if people do end up leaving their couches in, in February and coming to a concert, um, that it's going to be fun and really connected. I did want to ask you about moving to Toronto from Ottawa, because I think when you made the last album, Holding Patterns, which came out in 2016. I think you were still Ottawa-based at that time, but have moved to Toronto since then. Is that right? Yeah, I moved to Toronto in May 2017. And um, I love Ottawa. I lived there my whole life. And I've, I guess for me, I was really starting to feel like I was too comfortable. Ottawa is a beautiful city. It's really 
easy to live there. Um, I've played so much there, and I've been very fortunate for really incredible opportunities in Ottawa. And I just felt as an artist it was time for me to kind of switch it up and, and move to a city where I still know so many people here, and I have family in Toronto, and, and I'm, you know, I feel very at home here. But I love the idea of walking outside and, and walking down streets I'd never been down and going to coffee shops I'd never never gone to and seeing music I'd never, or, you know, going to shows and the music I'd never heard and, and just making new friends and kind of pushing my own comfort zone a little bit as an artist, I think, was really important for me at, at the time when I moved. So this album is out now. You've We've talked about the the touring uh what happens next I'm, I'm curious because on your last album holding patterns there was the song red dress mm-hmm. uh that became focused with uh the issue of the missing and murdered indigenous women issue which unfortunately mm-hmm. has still not been adequately addressed but you know was no. a, another way to to raise awareness about that you're involved in uh mental health awareness yourself i'm just wondering you know with the themes involved in this album um do you have ideas beyond the music of things you are you know thinking that you want to do with this new album hmm well for me with the new album i really see it as going to show going to places and playing shows and and in some way providing if i can any sort of glimmer of connectedness and hope or you know, r- relation um, with the audience. So I see the the album and the music as a vehicle for that. For me, though, as an artist, like I, I love helping, and I feel a responsibility when I stand on stage to talk about things that I believe are important. And you know, so outside of just doing concerts, I mean, I've been working with an organization called Dark Spark that is a you know an arts education and empowerment organization that we you know go to remote communities and write songs with uh, different you know different youth and so that's really important to me too to to spend time using music not necessarily this album as a tool to make change and help people well you know one of the great things about interviewing you i think this is the third or fourth time that we've chatted over the years mm-hmm. is it's so much fun because you are such an ex, you're such an accessible person, uh, as well as as well as a great performer, and I think that you know, um, you know, for someone who can, you know, get out there and and talk about issues, and 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 is brave enough to to put out an album that says, you know, this is an album called The Skin I'm In, you know, I've had my own issues about feeling comfortable mm-hmm. with who I am. I think that's a really, a really positive step, and I certainly hope as we move forward, that this album may help other people come to to some level of comfort with the skin they're in, because I think it's an yeah. issue that a lot of us do suffer from, you know, not not yeah. suffer with, but, you know, feel challenged by. Yeah, as we move, wrestle move with. Through and, it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's been I great to, to chat with you. I've got time for one more song. I, mm-hmm. I want to play the final track on the album, which is Companion, which was a co-write with Jim Bryson, who produced your last album, Holding Patterns. Tell us a little bit about this song and why you wanted to include it on this album. Yeah, great question. I love this song, by the way. Um, I went over to Jim's studio in Stittsville. I was having a bad day, an anxious day, and and we had this set up, and I just got in there and I said, Jim, I, I want to write a song about depression. You know, this is something that 
I struggle with off and on. Um, I've really struggled with at different times, but you know, now it's, it's just kind of off and on and, and I just want to write a song about it. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about how it feels. And, and then we sort of got to this place of singing and writing about depression in a way that it sometimes feels more safe and comfortable to stay in depression and to stay depressed. And that sometimes depression can actually feel like your friend, <laughs> that it's comfortable there and you know what that feels like. And and getting help or getting healthy can sometimes almost feel scarier because you don't know what that looks like. You know, who am I without this feeling? Who am I without depression? And who am I if I'm not a depressed person? Um, and so this song talks a little bit about mine and I, I believe Jim's relationship with mental health and how, you know, sometimes it you know, it feels terrible, but there's also this sort of companionship with it in a way. Um, and yeah, that's where this song comes from. Well, it's wonderful that you could share that information with us. It's a fabulous song, and I certainly decided that I definitely wanted to finish the interview with that today. Remember, if you want to learn more about Amanda's music, head to amandareum.com. That's R-H-E-A-U-M-E, because I always keep spelling it wrong. <laughs> Okay, there's all the vowels. Yeah, or or you can go to our website at folkrootsradio.com and follow the links from there. Definitely check out the video for the skin I'm in as well. And Amanda, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. I wish you all the best with the new album. Thank you so much. Thanks for uh, for having me. This is Amanda Rayum with Companion from her great new album, The Skin I'm In. You're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall. Enjoy. Stays with me here in the shadow. 